What's up, everybody? Pathlin here, and welcome to episode 1075 of Ask Pat 2.0. You're about to listen to a coaching call between myself and an entrepreneur just like you. And I'm here to serve them, and by them allowing us to share this with you, hopefully serve you as well. And today we're going to be speaking with Anne, who is a teacher who specializes in language development. And what's really cool is she's now helping other teachers learn, specifically Spanish, so that they can communicate with their students and especially parents related to school items that, uh, you know, sometimes uh, Spanish speaking, and, and it doesn't matter what language, if you're, if English is not your first language, communication with the parents, especially with important school related items, can be uh, huge. And it's just an, an underserved niche that Anne has found and has an expertise in. And she's looking to develop programs and courses and membership sites. And what we're trying to do in this episode is figure out how do they all play together, and specifically for her niche. Where does the money come from, and how do we go and let, let you know make this a success and a win for everybody? Because teachers, uh, as we all know in the U.S. at least, unfortunately, which is just disgraceful, don't get paid what they deserve, and that's a whole nother topic that I could go off on because teachers should be some of the highest paid people, in my opinion. And imagine they would then have the resources, the money for programs like this. So if they aren't going to be fronting the money. Uh, Where's that money going to come from? Well, let's talk about that. But before we get to that and the conversation with Anne today, I do want to just, just thank everybody who's been uh, checking out the podcast cheat sheet. It's so exciting to me to see loads of people wanting to start a podcast. The podcast has changed my life. Ask Pat is a podcast. Obviously, you're listening to that. My other show, Smart Passive Income, has over 60 million downloads at this point, which is just mind-blowing. And I'm literally just sitting in my home office right now producing this content and making these connections on a scalable level. I once heard that podcasting is the best way to scale intimacy. And online, developing those relationships is really important for me. Podcasting is my number one platform of choice, even though I have a YouTube channel, even though I have a blog, and I recommend people look into starting a podcast as well. And if that's you, definitely check out and download my free podcast cheat sheet. It's a checklist of items that go from start to finish to get your podcast up and running, and it's just a super helpful thing. So it'll so you can just check off the boxes as you go. So go ahead and check that out. Go to askpat.com slash podcast cheat sheet. One more time, askpat.com slash podcast cheat sheet, all one word. Thank you so much, and let's get to today's conversation and coaching call with Anne. Here we go. Hey, Anne, welcome to Ask Pat 2.0. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you so much, Pat. I'm excited to learn more about you and how I can help you. So first, uh, help us understand a little bit about who Anne is and what you do. Sure. Um, so I would say that I've built my career around my passion for language exchange and cultural exchange. Um, I'm currently a teacher, and before I started teaching, I worked for nonprofits at various times um, in college and afterwards in Mexico and Central America. Mm -hmm. I really loved those experiences. Um, and then in the States, have been a, a teacher and administrator for 10 years. Um, I'm currently teaching English as a second language, but I've taught elementary subjects in Spanish to native Spanish speakers, um, to in English to native Spanish speakers, in English wow. English speakers, and in Spanish to English speakers. So it's kind of been all over the place. And about almost 
four years ago, I moved to St. Louis from Texas. And uh, there is a Spanish-speaking population in St. Louis that's very underserved because being in the Midwest, there um, just isn't the the people power, the infrastructure built up yet to support them in their native language like there is in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, so a year or two into my role here, um, teachers just started asking me if I would teach them Spanish. And I, I it was about the time that I was thinking about starting like a side hustle. And so, I, you know, a light bulb went off and I said, OK, there's a need here. There are lots of teachers who want to build relationships with families, families who need to be able to talk to more people in their schools. Um, and the more I thought about it, the more I realized, like, it really is a true niche, because when I started teaching in Spanish, which was on the border in South Texas, um, even though I was quote, fluent at that time, there was this whole set of vocabulary that I had to learn in teaching that you don't have to know unless you're a teacher, things like field trip and report card and um, all sorts of things. So it was kind of a shock to me, even speaking Spanish. So I realized that there was like a really good um, kind of path to go there. Um, So almost a year ago, so 11 months ago, I, I kind of first started validating the idea and did an online based course with four of my colleagues. Um, And then this spring, kind of January through March, um, I ran an in-person class with 10 of my colleagues. And so I'm kind of looking for where to take it next from here. Cool. So you've already beta tested sort of information online and then took that in person and have done uh, a little a workshop. Um, And how, how did those go? They went well. Um, I would say that the in-person one was so much better than the online one, probably partly because I had actually done it once before. And so I knew a little bit about what to expect. Um, But having 10 people as opposed to four people was great because even if a couple people didn't show up, if two people don't show up in a group of four, it's kind of a letdown. (laughs) If two people don't show up in a group of 10, it's still much better. Um, But I really enjoyed the in-person aspect and being able to be there to listen to their pronunciation, listen to them make attempts to, you know, put sentences together and, you know, correct their mistakes right in the moment. Um, And it was also just so much more fun. um, And we had a lot of chances to build relationship at happy hours. And we did some Spanish immersion field trips and things like that. So I really preferred the in-person one. That is so cool. Like what an amazing niche and what a service you're offering to these teachers who, you know, and I'm in San Diego, so we're pretty close to Mexico and there's a lot of Spanish speaking families around here as well. And I can imagine just having that in your toolbox as a teacher can be so valuable. And especially when your goal is to help ensure that the students are, you know, learning in the best environment. And part of that is, you know, communicating with, with the parents. Uh, so that that's amazing. Congrats to you for that, for finding that and owning that and leading that, uh, for people who are interested already and are like, how do I find more information? Like, where should they go? Sure. So at the time that this probably airs, I'm going to have redone my website. And that will be at mybilingualheart.com, um, which is also the name of my Facebook page, My Bilingual Heart. But I also have a Facebook group for teachers specifically, um, which is just called uh, Spanish Help for Committed Teachers. Spanish Health for Committed Teachers, and MyBilingualHeart.com. Amazing. So before I ask you uh, some questions about, you know, trying to figure out what we can do to help you, what I really want to understand is, like, where do you want to take this? What are your your goals for this? 
Yeah, that's such a good question. Um, So my goal, I think, down the line would be, I mean, I would love for a country to be in a place where there's at least one person, if not more people at every single school who can speak Spanish um, and other languages, too. But Spanish is the part I can help with. Mm -hmm. Um, And eventually I'm thinking I might also broaden into families because I've gotten some requests from moms who want to learn Spanish with their young child. Um, But that's a little bit down the line. And so I was trying to think about what I would ask you, because I could ask you a million things, Pat. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That probably isn't the best use of a half hour. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I was thinking of kind of sharing with you the course that I'm thinking right now and as a first step validating whether that sounds like a good way forward. Because with the in-person course, for example, um, I really, really liked the in-person, but marketing and charging teachers individually really limits my income potential because I'm not going to charge a ton of money to teachers, um, knowing what their what their salary actually is. Mm -hmm. And I'd much rather offer this as professional development to schools and districts, which have larger budgets, would allow a more sustainable income, and it would still be just a drop in the bucket for them. And then teachers would get this for free. So my next step that I'm kind of thinking is that I would start reaching out to schools and districts in the area to see if this is something they would be interested in. Kind of already know this is something they would be interested in because a colleague of mine told me at a school that a school approached him wanting a class for basic Spanish for teachers. But then I'd kind of like to move online after getting some more in-person group experience Um, either doing online courses um, or like a membership vault type of thing where there are all sorts of videos to help people learn whatever they're working on, whether it's pronunciation or present tense or practicing a parent-teacher conference in Spanish, for example. So that's kind of like, you know, my current path forward. But I don't know if, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, to me, it sounds like it's a perfect combo. You'll have in-person stuff happening, and that's great because that is higher value, higher touch, and there are people who will only want to learn in that sort of environment. However, there are people who just can't attend or who would rather on their own sort of DIY, instead of like done with you, it's DIY, uh, do it yourself, and that's where the online course can come into play. And it's very common in all kinds of niches to have those two sort of play against each other where, you know, you have one and then you kind of anchor it with a certain price point or certain, you know, limitations in terms of when it happens. And it's like, hey, by the way, if you can't make this or you can't afford it, we we do have something that we can offer you so that you can get started right now. And it works the other way, too. You, you have people who uh, see the online course and they get excited about it or they even join. But then, you know, the 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 sort of DIY aspect is like, oh, wow, I just don't have the time to, you know, stay in this for too long or it's it's not the kind of learning environment that I want. I wish there was something in person is often what people say. And you go, well, I guess what? We we do have stuff in person. So it kind of you, you fit the bill there on both sides, which is really nice. And, and, and the biggest thing that I would recommend uh, going down this path, which I do f- see and vision in your future, is to start with one and 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 kind of get get the system down master it and and learn how that works in, in the way that you want it to go and i and i i was going to actually take you to because i've i've talked about this on aspat before not 
related to teachers, but it was another niche that related to schools. And schools have budgets for these kinds of development programs. And that's exactly where I was going to ask you to go to see and even just validate with them. That would be your next sort of step would be to – and it's so great that you already tested this because you have – uh, you have an idea of exactly how it's going to be run. You have an idea of the outcome. You have people who can sort of vouch for it. Who could you could you could refer for these principals or other decision makers at schools to go? Hey, you know, I have ten teachers here who you can speak to and hear their phone numbers, or I can put in, put them in contact with you via email to show you just how valuable this was. So your job is essentially to sell now. But not to the teachers, but to the decision makers at the school. So I, I don't even know who the decision makers are. And you're, you're a teacher. You might have an idea. Who, who are the decision makers at schools for things like this? I think typically it's the principal. It's the principal. Yeah. Do you have any relationships with principals in the nearby area uh, at the moment? No. Um, I mean, other than in my own school district, um, which I'm a little bit shy about approaching with something like this, even though all the teachers I've taught so far <laughs> in my school district. But I do have contacts with um, the directors of the ESL programs at those schools, and some of them might be willing to connect me with their principals. I was going to say a, a referral or a connection as opposed to you just kind of cold introducing yourself and then pitching something. Like nobody likes it when that happens, right? It's like you're at yeah. a party and then you meet this person and they seem kind of cool, but then all of a sudden they're like, hey, you know, you should buy my Cutco knives. And you're like, wait, I didn't, that's not why I'm at this party, right? But if like your friend goes, dude, like I just bought these Cutco knives and, uh, you know, Anne over there was the one who sold them to me. Like you should talk to her because these knives are like changing my life. And, you know, you're not selling knives, um, but you, you, you know, those recommendations go a very long way. So I, w I would actually start there. Like who knows that principle? And you already know the teachers who know that principle. And it, if, if, if they can kind of step up and, and sell for you uh, and, and just recommend that that the principal talk to you. It could mm -hmm. it could be huge, uh, especially if they start sharing, you know, hey, I, I attended this workshop with Anne. She's also in our district, and she's doing this really cool thing where she's helping us learn how to communicate in Spanish with not just students, but with the te the the parents of these students. And it's been so helpful. Here's like here's a, here's like a story of what happened since I've learned these things. Like you should talk to her and see if there's a way that she can offer this to some of the other teachers here. Like every teacher at the school should should be attending one of these things. Mm -hmm. And then um, a part of the process of doing this of, or selling anything is is for the decision maker. Figure out what those objections will be ahead of time. So if you can put yourself in the shoes of the principal and go, okay, what are what are the likely objections that they will have? The earlier that you can figure those out and come up with a response, the, mm -hmm. the better. Because then it's going to be like, oh, wow, Anne's prepared. She she knows exactly what I'm going through and, and why this would be helpful um, and, and why it's worth this much money and why, uh, you know, it – you know, just any objections that they might have. So maybe we can we can brainstorm a couple right now. If 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 uh, you know you were to go to a principal with this idea, what are one or two objections that you can probably assume that they might have right away? Yeah. Um, well, I think that the first question they would ask is, how, what is the concrete way in which this will benefit the relationships with parents? And they would want to know what are they going to be able to say to parents at the end. And how will that positively impact the school? 
And you, I think you likely have answers for those, right? Yes, I do. Although I need to refine them based yes. on my most recent experience. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. also if you can, not in a sort of brown nosy kind of way, but in a way that also sort of like paints that principle as somebody who, if they make this decision, will be sort of uh, leveled up or, or look better or, you know, you, People are pe- just people in general. Humans in general, we're very we're a very selfish kind of creature, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, whenever you're selling anything, it's not about the product; it's about what the product can do for them. And mm-hmm. in this case, you know, in any good principle, they know that it's all it's about what they what it could do for their students and the teachers, but also like how is this going to help them? What are their What are some of that individual principal's goals? There mm-hmm. are likely some other value adds that you could offer in addition to just the obvious. So you might find out through just knowing this person or knowing about this person that they have aspirations to, you know, join the board at, you know, the district, for example. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how this all works, but I'm just making this up. But, you know, mm-hmm. maybe that's their aspiration. And you happen to know somebody who's there who, you know, would you know, who can either just uh, vouch for you or you can even mention, you know, like these are the kinds of things that if you want to sort of step into the board, uh, these are the kinds of things that we're seeing that are very interesting. And now you've sort of piqued that person's interest to go, oh, there's other things that that this can benefit me, uh, that that this will benefit me for beyond just the, the, the normal benefits. So getting a little bit into that, I mean, it, this is going to be an individual sell to the person, and the more that you can consider a these objections, but b how else will this help them uh, based on what their goals are, then you know it's 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 a it's almost kind of a no brainer at that point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's going to take a little bit of sort of uh, research, I guess, if you will. Yeah. Uh, to to do that sort of thing, and then in terms of the online course. Uh, the beauty of this is is if, if you start doing the workshop a couple times, like if you do it a couple times more, which uh, I would recommend doing no matter how it ends up being sold, uh, that gives you amazing practice for here are the common things that you know I can uh, include in my online course that are going to be coming out of the workshop. And not only just content, but also the testimonials that come from those in-person workshops those can be used online. It, it, you, you know, you don't want to have them lie and say, "Hey, I took the online course." When they didn't take the online course, but they can say how helpful you were and and the care that you've had and the results that they've had as a result of being a part of the workshop. I mean, you're teaching the same stuff, and those are things that, especially with online course or a membership uh, in certain niches and teachers are one of them. It's like it's still not normal it's still a little bit like oh this is like an online thing this isn't you know i'm not mm-hmm. used to this i'm more of an old school person who you know likes to learn in person but this online course thing i don't know but the more they see other teachers like them saying that it's been helpful to learn from you and this online course solves the problem of hey you can do this on your own time because you can't travel or spend money to be with me in person well then it's an obvious sort of uh, you know next solution for them and then what i would do is when you launch this thing for real i would launch it with a group of beta students which you already know how to do especially if it's a membership and uh, and and really your your early members are exactly what are going to start to mold what this actually becomes because then you can listen to them have them speak up and talk about 
how you can best serve them in those courses. You don't even necessarily have to have the full course done or mm. content in the membership yet when you launch it. It's about the ongoing content that, that gets pushed out to them, and over time this library starts to form, and it's those initial early members that are going to feel like you know, they got in early and they're, 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 they're sort of charter members or champion members. I wouldn't call them beta members because in, in certain niches outside of entrepreneurship and outside of sort of tech, beta just means like this is just the crappy version of something, <laughs> right? So call them something that will make them feel good about being a part of something early and just listen to them and a answer as many questions as you can. And yes, you'll likely have a curriculum in there, but then outside of that like how can you fill in the holes that they have and the questions that they're asking you and that's that's really exciting i think a membership site could could do really well not only because it's like community and like you said even at the in person thing there are elements outside of the content that bring people closer together the same thing can happen with a membership site it's less likely to happen with just simply an online course where you download or get access to something and it's the content and it's kind of like yes you can still have like a facebook page or or, or places where people can communicate but it's not it's not the same even just the idea of calling them members makes them feel special because then oh i'm a member of ann's uh, mm -hmm. membership i'm a member of and it should have some really great name to go along with the membership because then what happens is your fans in there and your your people who are getting value they're going to start inviting people like them into it too and mm -hmm. it just becomes this awesome thing um and that's also something that perhaps schools may also pay for as well hey i'm going to give you uh the workshop which we do. So here's the price of the workshop normally, and here's what it is when I do it in a group like for teachers at your school. But we also have an ongoing – I mean you can you can kind of combine both. You can either do one or the other, or you go to the workshop and they get uh, access to the membership. And in addition to that, your teachers are going to get you know three months free membership into this uh, ongoing program so they can keep up because you know uh, we all know that you know you got to keep practicing in order for this to be real but also a place and a forum where people when they have questions as they are going through the year they can come and ask them even later and uh, this is this is how much it costs and you know I do special group deals for entire schools so if you want to get your whole school in here we can talk about that and I can give you a good rate for it um, so I think I think focusing on the principal and the school districts are going to be huge, and the membership to sort of double up on the workshop is going to be is going to be mm -hmm. awesome. So, can you see yourself kind of living in that world where you have both the workshop and the membership sort of playing with each other? Yes, and you actually went into like the next kind of set of questions, which was kind of how to make them work together. And I think the way that you described it, it sounds I, I think it would flow really nicely. Um, mainly because of the point that you brought up that you have to keep practicing in order for it to stick. And um, like a, something that I've been struggling with is, you know, learning a language is somewhat linear and in, in that like you advance as you go along, but it's also not linear at all <laughs> right. um, because you're just like soaking things in and language is so dynamic. And so I've been wondering like, okay, well, do I just, do a bunch of beginner classes and get people started and get really good at that. But then I feel bad just like leaving them hanging and being like, well, you got started. Like now there's no way for you to continue on and can keep advancing. Um, yeah. I mean that, that, that brings me to, you know, the idea that you could create micro pieces of 
helpful content like a single page or a, a, like a short ebook on the most common things that people need to know and you can you could even sell that you could give it away for free knowing that you know this is just scratching the surface of what they actually need and what they need is practice what they need is these other more immersive pieces of content and and they need that ongoing work and and they need a little bit of you know help from from you from an expert and so the cool thing about the membership site is you can include and bake into that you know a bi-weekly office hours session. And the cool thing about the world today is we have these tools that allow us to interact with people in real time and see and hear them and coach them using tools like Zoom. Zoom.us is a great tool for doing such a thing where you can have your members come on. And the cool thing about the membership too is like you, like not everybody will be able to come on every single time. But if you know, knowing that they could if they needed help is great. And so you have on your time specific days of the week or a day of the week where you come on and you go, you know, hey, if you have any questions, let me know. They they show up on video and, and you you ask them to say certain things and and then you correct them if, if needed or they might have questions about other things and you can just be right there in real time. And what you could do is you can have everybody who wasn't able to make it there live still get access to the replay. And and that way, you know, the cool thing about this, even beyond what I'm doing, like so I have online courses and I have office hours, but I, I don't have them come on camera because they don't need to. But the beauty of having the need to do that in, in your world is that your members are going to see all the other members like in person. They're going to hear them. They're going to feel connected. And this is what keeps them staying and paying every single month or or annually every time that billing cycle happens. And, and it's like I hope that I mean, it kind of gives me goosebumps to, to imagine where if you have like a call with 50 people and there's a few people going on and they're asking for help and then you see the chat and they're like, oh my gosh, that was so helpful. Or, oh, I didn't know that. Thank you, Anne. And I can't wait to see you in, the, in a couple of weeks on our next call. Um, and somebody's saying like, hey, thank you so much for that new module on field trips. Like that was really, really helpful because we just had a field trip last week and I wasn't exactly sure how to share this with a parent. Like I hope that makes you smile. Like this is this is like the kind of stuff that you're creating right now. It's a slow process and it's one step at a time. But that that's how that's how I I mean, I'm just getting stoked for you. I don't I don't know if you can feel it, but I hope you're just as excited, too. I am. I'm super, super excited. And just to share a little story about like why I think it's going to be so impactful. Um, at the beginning of the school year, we, we got a new family that came to us with four siblings um, who speak Spanish. And very early in the school year, the youngest son who's in kindergarten got a fever and needed to be picked up early. So the nurse called me to call the dad. I called the dad and told him, you know, your son is sick, needs to be picked up. And I cannot even like replicate how grateful he was. Um, first that someone called him and he said to me, this is the first time in like ever that a school has been able to tell me important things like when my son is sick and that both broke my heart and showed me how important it is because he has, his oldest is in high school, which means she went through all of school without him being able to communicate with his school. That's incredible. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so you have to do this and that's a beautiful story and that should be included in, in, in your deck, if you want to call it that or whatever you use to kind of pitch this, because those are, those are the, the things that are important. And that's why, that's the why. And the why is just as important as the what. So 
what do you believe your next steps are uh, at this point? Now, now that we kind of have an idea of where we want to go, which is which is mm-hmm. absolutely key. I mean, most entrepreneurs dive into this without any thought of like really what they want to create, and they just kind of work busy and hustle and grind, <laughs> and sometimes work backwards or, or or go move backwards as a result. So I'm glad that we've discovered sort of the the address that we're putting in the navigation menu. So that even if we get off track, we can kind of make a U-turn and come back. But what is that first step? What's the first sort of um, step for you from this point? Yeah. So I'm thinking that what I should do first is start to do some research to come up with what principal's objections might be. And I can start by talking to the principals I do know in my district, not necessarily trying to sell to them, but just saying, hey, if someone approached you with this, what would you be concerned about? Yeah, I mean, I would even say, hey, you know, I'm thinking of doing this and I'm not here to sell it to you right now. I'm here to just ask questions about whether or not you feel this would fit into your school curriculum. And like, I want to just hear from you, like what what's coming to your mind right now when I tell you that, you know, I'm just going to I'm looking to create a program like this. What are your objections? Like literally just ask them, like, what are your objections? Because that's just going to get straight to the point. You don't have to beat around the bush. Great. Okay. Um, so that's, I think my first step. And then my next step after that will be to use the connections that I do have at other schools to see if I can get some recommendations, referrals, introductions to principals, and then start talking to principals to see if this is something that they would be interested in. Another thing that you could do is do a little bit of research on, well, what programs are they paying for and how are those structured? Because then that'll give you an idea of already like, the language to use, I guess you could say, if this is the first time you're doing something like this, like uh, the deal structure could be very unique in this situation versus like, hey, well, you know, teacher pay this much and you get this. It's a little bit different likely in this situation. So if you if you consider what other things that they are using for personal development or or, or staff development, um, that, that'll give you some good sort of insight on, you know, how this might be structured and what the price point might be and all those kinds of things. Great. Um... That's a good point that I'm writing down right now. Um, yeah, great. Cool. Um, I'm excited for you. It sounds like you're excited too. Do you mind if we check in with you later in the year to just kind of see how things went and how things go? You know, I know the one thing about school related stuff is it's, it can be very seasonal sometimes. mm -hmm. So that, uh, might play a role in when certain things happen, but I'd love to connect with you later in the year to see how things go, if that's okay. Oh my gosh, I would love that. Awesome. And one more time, Anne, can you let everybody know where they should go to learn more about what you got going on? Yes. Mybilingualheart.com. And also the Facebook group for educators is Spanish Help for Committed Teachers. I love it. And thank you for what you do. Look forward to uh, hearing about the results and good luck to you. Thank you so much, Pat. I really appreciate your time and your help. All right. I hope you enjoyed that coaching call with Anne. I'm so excited to check in with her later in the year about how things went and it just I'm just so thrilled for people who I meet on the show who are doing things to help others in such unique ways and I think Anne uh, she's going to be creating something amazing here and I would love to see this be something worldwide and imagine the impact she would have if she reaches her final goal which she can aspire to through the means that she's building right now to have at least one I mean it just boggles my mind that this isn't a thing already one spanish speaking person who works at every school who can communicate with those families and not just spanish like what about other languages as well like 
this is just blowing my mind. So, Anne, great job. Kudos to you, and I look forward to hearing uh, from you later in the year. We'll reach out to you to see how things go, and we'll have you back on the show. And for everybody else listening, if you want to get coached just like Anne did today, all you have to do is go to askpat.com and find the application button there. You can also see other episodes that we've done in the past as well. And uh, like I said, there's 1,075 of them now, and there's another one coming next week. So if you haven't yet subscribed to the show and you like what you hear here at AskPat 2.0, just hit subscribe. That's all you have to do. Thank you so much, and I look forward to checking in with you next week with another coaching call with an entrepreneur just like you. And until then, keep crushing it. Team Flynn for the win. Cheers. Hey there, thank you for listening to Ask Pat 2.0. Now, you might have noticed that we haven't published a new episode in a while. And that is because in 2023, after 1,269 episodes, we decided to sunset the show. For now, at least. And this way, we can focus our energy and efforts on our other podcasts and other projects. That being said, all 1,269 episodes are still live and downloadable, and the published dates may be old, but there are still a ton of questions I've answered on the show and people I've coached. Those episodes are just as valuable as they were back then. So you can also visit smartpassiveincome.com slash askpat to dig through the archives. Plus, there's a search tool on the website that lets you search across our podcasts and blog. And of course, the Smart Passive Income podcast is still live and energetic and awesome and publishing twice a week. So make sure you're subscribed there so we can still continue this conversation. And we have some of the foremost experts and thought leaders in entrepreneurship on the show every single week. So you definitely don't want to miss it. Again, check it out. It's the Smart Passive Income podcast. Just find it wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can find it there as well. Thank you again for listening in and I'll catch you in the next one. Cheers.